and welcome to another week of encounter i'm telling you you make me laugh so much we are on september 18th this time around we're in lesson number three is that not crazy that we're already september 18th my goodness this year has just flown by goes fast um it it does go fast. If you have not joined us before, welcome. I am Reverend Becky Zardi. I'm the Director of Ministry with Women for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And my cohort in crime is... Chris Fleming, and uh, I am the Adult Ministry Coordinator for the Ministry Council of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Um, so last week, I yeah. tried a cool little new graphic. Did you see the 1980s? No, I I missed it. I yeah, missed, right. I'm going to have to go back and look. Go back and watch. So sorry. Okay. We'll see what we get through this week. Um, okay. Uh, I welcome everybody. Um, thanks for your use of the encounter. Um, and I will have yes. to apologize. I have not got it on Kindle this um, quarter. And here's what I, if you would like a digital copy, because I was not able to get it on Kindle because I am a single human being and it's been a terribly tough uh, month and a half of getting stuff done. Um, send me an email, cfleming at cumberland.org, and I'll send you the digital copy. Um, it's a PDF. It's nothing big Kindle, but I'll just send it to you for free. Like I've had a lot of people ask me about it. Um, the only thing I'd ask is if, if you get the PDF, I wouldn't even mind. You can send it to people who don't use the encounter. Um, just spread the word for me and just, I apologize. Yeah. Best I can yeah. say. Uh, and, and then we'll another... be back on track next, next quarter. And another great option for you is if you if you get that, or even if you don't, if you just have the paper copy like I do, because I like I like paper books. That's kind of my thing. I have a hard time with e-readers. Um, if you have a church that's near you that does not use the encounter, please share a copy with them. Share Let them a copy know that and this um, is available. Email me, cfleming yeah. at cumberland.org. Let me know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So. We would love to share this resource with with other churches and with those that aren't currently using this to show them what a, a wonderful piece of literature this is and to help them study deeper and encounter God in new yeah. ways. Uh, and then the final thing, we'll give a shout out. Um, Becky and I will be at uh, Mount Pleasant, Hermelin Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Uh, next, well, it would be the what 18th and 19th that we'll be there, yeah. but they're having their revival in Hermelin yeah. Presbyterian there, and we're looking forward to it. So shout out to them. And so if you're around in the um, Bowling Greenish area, um, Owensboro, Bowling Green, uh, that that area. Mm -hmm. uh, come on out and see us. I'll be there yeah, Sunday night. Becky will be there Monday night. So, and welcome. there are others through the rest of the week. So we're very excited yeah, to uh, to share the word of God with. I've shared them. the schedule. Uh, I think yeah. uh, Tim McGuire, he'll be there, right? Yep. Danny Willis, Danny Willis is going to be there. And I think we're missing one. In that well, yeah, person, I think do not be mad at me. Sorry, so sorry. We forgot your name. Sorry, sorry. Um, so, yeah, no, we're really excited about that. See what else we got up and coming. Day in the park. Day in the park. Day in the I've got this for up. another couple of weeks. Uh, October the fourth, Montgomery Bell State Park. Uh, Ten to noon after uh, worship's over, we'll all go to the uh, lodge there and eat some lunch for some fellowship. So it's usually about a ten twelve dollar plate that usually gets taxed to. I don't know. This is before the Putin price hike, so it could be fourteen or fifteen dollars per plate plus whatever. I do not know. Can't say one way or the other. Uh, but somewhere around that if y'all want to but come we will me. have a wonderful time and we will have a wonderful lunch and fellowship so that's that's all that matters and remember to hit the buttons below like and subscribe make sure that you're getting notified when we put out new content every week uh, and we're just we're excited for you to be with us today on this journey so today we are in genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 9 and we're talking about abraham following god's command let us start with our prayer for illumination god we want to follow your instructions we know your laws and commandments bring joy without your revealed laws and commandments we can do nothing good illumine us today that we might comprehend what you are teaching us amen Amen. And amen. How awesome. Our memory verse this week is Genesis 12, 4. It says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Hmm. 75. Yeah. We're going to get into that a little bit. So before we get into that, though, let's let's start with our introduction discussion question. It says most of the important characters in Genesis have names that describe their role or legacy. Adam means human, Eve means life, Abram means great father, and Abraham means father of a multitude. 
What might your name be if it describes your role or defining characteristic of your life? <laughs> hmm. I'm afraid to ask. Oh, uh, there's so many things going on in my mind right now that are probably not appropriate. But... <laughs> so, okay, know. give me an give me an appropriate one, please. I don't know. Um, mm. It would be, you know, our our names aren't descriptive most of the time right no like so no, it's hard really. for me to do but if there was like just, an adjective, we usually it's like it sounds cute yeah so like so i would like to think something about whatever realistic is real like you know oh I'm not cynical i'm not optimistic i like i like to say i but realism i just yeah i just i don't know i think my best quality is i just take life as it comes like i don't get too high or yeah. too low on things and so whatever that would be, stoic, stoic Fleming. Go. I don't know. <laughs> stoic Fleming. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Huh? What about you? Oh gosh, I think my name has changed through the years. I'm kind of like Abram and Abraham. I am. Well, um, I think that's good. Names should. It, it is. And names should change. I think uh, probably bullheaded would be. <laughs> a great um descriptor for my for a name for me um I kind of really dig my heels in on things that when especially when I think I'm right I I can really be bullheaded about stuff but I would say in the last few years the last decade it has probably changed to just a follower of God I, you know, um, and we're going to get into that. I'm going to talk about some of my stories today, but um, yeah, I just, I, if God says go, yeah. I literally go, yeah. I, I pack up, I pack up my house and move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe that, that has changed. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think maybe the more you're talking about, maybe like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe me, but I do know I'm blessed in a lot of ways. Yeah above whatever should be so maybe blessed i don't know whatever a good is, name for yeah. blessed would be because I no, think blessed is a great name and that's true i think maybe if we maybe we should all look at our names and realize how blessed we really are in life maybe the greek for beatitude is blessed so mercurius is that it so maybe i'm mark oh okay that? mark fleming mark. i like it chris mark fleming yeah. i'm just gonna start calling you chris mark Work. or mark chris mark chris i don't know how can i blend those two together to just yeah that i'm gonna work on that work on it as long as you I'm call me for dinner it. they say there we go that's all that matters so yeah good good uh, discussion question to start off with because we're talking about some changes that have happened in people's life today abraham specifically is who we're talking about this week how he has gone from one location to another but Caleb starts us off with that there are three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Yeah. Um, and so Abraham literally is the father of a multitude. Yeah, multitude of kingdoms. Um, there's a yes. book. Um, there's, there's a lot of books about that. I think we do a disservice. Again, I teach that world religions class, and, and I'm glad to see that a lot of secular books are now like textbooks are bringing this out uh, just because you share something doesn't mean you're talking about the same thing either. And That's I think true. there's a mistake that we make in our society that um, like, for instance, uh, Islam uses the word Allah, which Christians in Muslim countries would also use the word Allah for the name of God, but it's not the same. Right. And here's how I do this. My wife married Chris, me, right. Let me share this screen here. Um, she did not marry Chris. Right. Oh, yeah. oh. And yeah. so just because we share a name, he is not does, near as beautiful does as not, I am. Right? Does not make him the same. Right. Yeah, not. I know I'm with you. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, just because you share titles or names does not mean you're the same person. And no, so each of these religions, although they, they are called quote unquote Abrahamic religions, at the very core, they're different. Like, for instance, Christians yeah. claim that God. Christ is God. Jews will not claim that. And that makes a difference in your ethics. It makes a difference in how you gather. It makes a difference in your mission. 
Islam yeah. will not say that Jesus Christ is God, mm -hmm. right? They might share also, you know, they would say Allah, and they would probably have the same concept or form that maybe the Israelites have, but the character of Allah is not the same. And, uh, and neither is the plan. Neither is the story of redemption the same. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure we point that out. And and the reason I say that is because there's this push to say, you know, religion's just, it's all the same. It's just different words or different names for God. That's not true. And if we try to say it is true, then stop wondering why there's conflict. Like, I, I know the difference between grace and and not grace. Yeah. And, you, and it's different. And so... I wanted right. to point that out. I wanted to make sure, and also to make sure everybody knew that Chris Hemsworth is not as pretty as I am. <laughs> Ab absolutely. Really is the Hands goal. down. Hands down. <laughs> so there's that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, so that was Caleb's introduction, just to really get us to understand what we're talking about today we're talking about abraham we're talking about the lineage of abraham which we we share a lineage with abraham um with the the Juda the judaism and islam as well um they all feel they're descendants from abraham but we're talking about how abraham follows god and and what he has done so let's let's jump into our exploring the scripture. Yeah. Um, so he said God's instruction to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 through 3 is predominantly viewed as foundational to the rest of the Genesis story. I would agree with that. I agree I mean, with that. Yeah. This, this is the foundation of where we're coming from. This is the um, what does he say? Dr. John Holbert calls it the linchpin for the entire scripture. Um we have Abraham's family here, this intimate story about Abraham's family. And I love how he points out that in the ancient world, that this move that Abraham made was a gamble, huge gamble. And I don't think we often appreciate or talk about that. So what, what do you think, Chris? Not um, Hemsworth. Yeah, not Hemsworth. He's got to keep trying. Um, <laughs> So again, again, you study the Bible in the sense, I one of the methods that I believe is right is the typology thing, right? Yeah. What the reflection of, or the, the framing narrative of the Old Testament for the New Testament. So if you look at this, like, right, so God calls Abraham to leave and to go to the promised land. And so basically that's what he does at the very, very beginning. Uh, God basically marches Abraham around the promised land and says, hey, all this I'm going to give to your descendants. Yeah. Right. And so you have, again, Adam and Eve kicked down the garden or the paradise. Then you have God saying, all right, this whole place I'm showing you is going to be a promised land. It's going to be a garden for you, a new mm -hmm. garden where the temple is going to be and all that jazz. Yeah. And so then the story keeps going, right? So the story keeps yeah. going to where Jesus, so it it's, starts there at the promised land with Abraham. Then you have people going to Egypt, slavery and all that jazz. The goal is to come back to the promised land, but then it starts again. Now the whole world, now we're going out to the world. Like mm -hmm. the Israelites are in the diaspora, right? They're exiled mm -hmm. and all this jazz. Yep. And so, but now we're making the whole world, you know, the, the promised land. And so yeah. like, but that's how it works. And so it sets up this way in which God works with this promise, right? And the promised land and what does it mean? And so Christians and, and the church gives more fulfillment Christ gives fulfillment and all that jazz. So um, that's what I get from that. I mean, that's the typology that Abraham, and so I should say this, the act of uh, Abraham obeying in uh -huh. faith uh -huh. becomes the foundation by which the promises go forth. Yes. Right? Yes. So. It is all, is it, it is all an obedience through faith to God that we receive these promises. And continue to receive these promises and that hooks back into noah like the again we get on the flood and the cute animals and the destruction of the earth and all that jazz but really one of the major points was noah obeyed in a world full of wickedness yeah abraham obeyed in a world full of like why am i leaving my house but there was this radical obedience to that which they could not yet see mm -hmm. right and that's what then we're also called to do as christians is yeah to act in obedience in light of the promises of God. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 
So let's let's talk about Abram for just a few minutes here, thinking about what this obedience looked like, um, because I, I don't think we often give this credence um, because we think, oh, well, he left her on and he went to this other place, and, you know, and we forget the time frame in which this would have happened, you know, 4,000 ish or years ago somewhere somewhere on there we'll just say ish because there's there's a lot of ish in between (laughs) of the possibility of when this actually happened um but think about the context in which this happened and here you have a 75 year old man now we have to remember that they did they did live for a long time back then okay most of our people at that time lived for 100 plus was the norm um, but still he's 75 years old. He lives in Haran. He lives with his family. So he has all this extended family around him. There's, there's comfort, there's security, there's peace, just kind of an understanding of this is where you are and this is your family and this is your family clan and this is your group and this is everything, you know, and then all of a sudden you have God show up and say, Hey, it's time to leave. And yeah. I want you to go to this land that I'm going to show you. I, I'm, no security, no guarantees other than God's just taking you somewhere. And, and are you going to follow? Yeah. Whew. That required yeah. a lot of faith. I mean, that required a lot of faith. Yeah. Faith that, that this God was real faith that this God was going to follow through with what yeah, he that said. That God was good. That God was good. That wasn't a, a, a bad God that had bad intentions for your life. And it was now pulling you away from everything that you ever known just to make you miserable. Yeah. Um, but that, that he was going to bless you, you know, and take you to take you to a new land where you would be okay. I mean, wow. What an amazing yeah feet of faith that was for him to leave everything behind and go somewhere right and then the thing that we should also magnify or make make clear abraham's father was a worshiper of idols we learn yeah it's not as though like you know maybe your great grandpappy was a christian and your mom and dad had some you know ties to the church and then you come along and all of a sudden have this glorious revelation it would be like your mom and dad are Islamicist and, you know, your parents are uh, growing up in the mosque and then all of a sudden you, you and, and your whole culture around you is Islamic. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, I just had a Christian revelation. That would be more like it than yes. just. And, and I think because we assume Abraham is the father of the Jews. I mean, this is the start. I mean, you don't yes. have his. They were they were Gentiles. Yes. Right. I mean, so anyway. This is a complete weird thing. Totally weird thing. I mean, totally weird thing. Yeah, that is a strange thing. So so here we are with with Abram leaving everything behind. Um, So the discussion question says, how would you feel if God called you to leave behind everyone and everything you know to begin a new life in obedience? What initial questions and reservations would you have? I can speak honestly to this one because God. Why don't you take this one, Reverend? Several times. Um, I have moved my family on a few different occasions out of obedience to God. Um, And it is always leaving behind my community, my friends, the relationships I have made. gosh initial questions and reservations are always there the initial question is always why me (laughs) why me why are you moving me somewhere new why do I have to leave behind everything that I care about the relationships that I have made the community that I have been a part of the the friendships, all of that. Why are you asking me to leave this all behind and go somewhere new and different? What is it? Um, and reservations, of course, are always, will people accept you? Will you be safe? Will you be secure? Will your family be happy? Um, you know, will you find a place in this new community that you're going to? And it, and it's always, 
difficult. This is never, I mean, even in the 21st century that we live in, uprooting your family, moving it to a whole brand new community is never easy. It is always a difficult process because there is the loss of relationship. And I will just say from somebody who has moved a lot in my life, people have amazing intentions about keeping in contact with you and maintaining that friendship. And and it just, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I know that from moving enough in my adult life that people are well-intentioned in that, but the reality is that we'll not maintain. And so I mourn whenever we have to move again, I mourn the loss of those friendships because I, I know from my own experience that, that they will not be maintained. And so I mourn that loss. I think uh, that's something that you learn when you move off. Yeah. I think that's tough. Yeah. I, so I'm reminded of the gospel. I was looking at it when you said that the way that you said it, it reminds me when Jesus says like, it's easier for a rich person or for a camel to go through the eye of the needle uh, than a rich person to be saved. And then Peter's like, who can be saved? Uh, and they said, well, it's man, this is impossible. And the Peter's reply was, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus yeah. says, though, yeah, but in the end, you ain't left nothing that you're not going to receive a hundredfold, really. Like, right? Right. Um, right. Easy to say. Harder it is to easy to say, but you're right. It, that is a difficult that is a difficult thing to act out. Um, you know, our, our most recent move was, um, oh, golly, has it been a month and a half, two months ago, yeah. almost two months ago. Gosh, wow. We're getting there almost two months ago. And it, and it took, it took a little bit to just get through the craziness of that first shock of a new community. Um, but again, it's always out of, it's always out of God's obedience. You know, it's, I, I promised God a long time ago when I first came and accepted the call to ministry that I would go wherever God sent me. And, and he has sent me a couple of times. The other thing I would point out would be in this passage and after chapter or after verse three, starting in verse four, again, God leads him around the promised land. In some sense, he's walking his destiny or the promise. And right. I think that's also where we learn faith. We, yep. we get a taste of the blessings when we're obedient. It hurts, but we're thinking this is going to be better. We're, we're trusting in faith that God is leading us to a better place. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. However long that takes. Mm. And I don't know. We might. I don't know. So it's just odd that I've been all over Western Kentucky then. <laughs> gonna be yours. Gonna be your descendants. So funny. <laughs> um, oh goodness. Okay. I don't think you? I'll take up. I well, yeah, I mean, like for me, um so one thing that I've learned, which is a blessing and a curse for me. Like I don't have children of my own, I have stepchildren, and I'm too old to have children of my own. And my wife, you know, has gone through surgeries to where it's not going to happen. So I preface my answer with that by saying it wasn't near as hard for me. Like I get the, like, I mean, there's a lot of problems in the Catholic church with priests staying single and all that jazz. But at the same time, it's just a whole lot easier. It was always easier for me to move and I could make a whole lot less money. I didn't have to provide for anybody but me and it doesn't take a whole lot of money to buy ramen. Like when you're not, it doesn't take a whole lot of money to save up for just you, if it's just you, I mean, you don't have to save $4 million, $5 million yes. for you. Yes. You just don't. So like I never had, now I do. And so I did have just the one experience. God was merciful to me. I didn't have to move my homes. I got to stay in my own home from when I went from the local church to the denomination. Um, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. I have had to give up money, but like, again, when you're single and you, you know, I've lived in trailers, like 800 square foot, trailers because I could yeah. afford it, but I didn't like, I didn't mind it. It was, it was good. So that's how I would answer that question. I don't know yeah. what I'd have to do now. It'd be different for me now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, well, let's ponder that for a second. If you had to give up everything now. I, I mean, I think I'd do it. Sure. I mean, I don't, and I don't think I would, and I don't, I don't think my wife would have a problem with it. I mean, I just think no, we're both now at a point we're old enough now we're not 75, but 
I mean, I, I think yeah. we're at a point in our faith to where you just do what, what God, what you feel God leading you to do. Yeah. And if it's a mistake, it's a mistake, but at least it's a noble one. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's so. true. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That's where I'm at. All right. Well, let's dig a little bit deeper on this. Um, what do you got on that section? So he's got on here. Okay. I like, you know, this is a hot button issue and he's young. So he's trying his very best not to offend anyone at all. Right. And so, um, so he talks about, he opens this section up with like the declaration of independence. And he says, uh, our founders were far better at writing these words than building a system that actually demonstrated it. As a nation, we are still reckoning with our history of oppression toward women, African-Americans, other minority groups while flying the banner of liberty and justice for all. And I've got, well, that's the point though. The point isn't yeah. to create the bad systems, but the point is to create a, a an ideal um, and then always strive to make whatever you've got better. Like yes. you just don't walk up one day, like for instance, you or I, we just talked about with this last question, our faith isn't complete as soon as we no. confess Jesus as Lord. The ideal, like how we're supposed to act and how how much we trust God or how good we think God is, that grows and matures. It's over the instant we say we've made it. Yes, absolutely. And I yeah. think that's for any system whatsoever. So it needs to be constantly evolving and growing and changing. Right. And the ideal needs to be so high that really you could never reach it. Mm -hmm. And then so like this matter, this doesn't matter at all, but the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal, blah, 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 blah. That's the goal. And we're as human beings, we failed. We always fail. But hopefully the good part about that is, is it keeps us driving for better. Like, I hope we never stop having fights saying everybody's equal because we know it's not true. Like right. with class, not only just skin color or gender, it's just class or whatever. I mean, we always yeah. are treated. Socioeconomic statuses, you know, I mean, that's always. So hopefully we'll never accept it and just say, yep, you're right. We've made it. And right. in the same way, faith is the same way. We we mm -hmm. never need to say, yep, we're where we need to be. Because as soon as we do, we're Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, absolutely. It is a, I think that's something that, that we don't talk often enough about is that being a follower of Christ is not a one and done situation. It is not a, okay, now I confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior of all and blah, and, and we're over. It It is a constant lifelong pursuit of discipleship and right. the day you know in my and i I've, I've said this in sermons before but in my humble opinion the day that you stop learning is is the day you're done every day should be something new something different something more um, because we never stop growing in our discipleship of Jesus, we never stop learning and understanding and God never stops teaching us. You know, it is, it is just as soon as I think I've hit, I've got that mountaintop moment and I'm really excited. Like, yeah, look what I've done. You know, how awesome that God's brought me to here and look at the view I've got. And then God's like, yeah, like a slip and slide. Let's go back down to the valley. Cause you got something else you got to work on. And I'm yeah. like, Oh no, you know, it's so frustrating at times, but at the same time, I'm so grateful because I am such a, my children will tell you, and my husband will tell you, I am a much better human being. Um, the more that I have grown in my faith and my understanding of Christ, I have become a, a better mom, a better wife, just a better person. And I pray that that never stops. Correct. The yeah. other thing that I would have in there is this understanding of the kindred of Abraham. Okay. Um, so one, two, three, fourth full paragraph, though most of most or all of us are not formally citizens of Israel or kindred to Abraham. Um, we Christians follow Messiah, who is a proud descendant of Abraham. Okay. Now, there is a nation of Israel. There was a nation of Israel for about a thousand years. There was not, right? Um, Okay, um, he's right, and I think the way he's understanding this, we're not like citizens of Israel now. We don't have a visa for Israel, passport from Israel, these kind of things. Nor are we kindred to Abraham in the sense of probably we might not be blood relatives of Abraham. Fine, good. 
But I think what we need to talk about here would be, um, oh, where is it in the gospel? I can't remember. Fairly early on, maybe in Luke, maybe 11 or 12. I can't remember what it is. Where Jesus, you know, like somebody, they come to Jesus and says, hey, your mom and brothers are looking for you. And Jesus mm-hmm. responds by saying what? He says, who, who, who are my are mother my and brothers? Brothers. And it, and he says, it's whoever does the will of my father, right? Mm-hmm. Faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then in Romans, Paul talks about not all Israel is Israel, right? And, and so what Paul's meaning is just because you're born an Israelite doesn't make you a family of Abraham, actually. And then he uses Abraham as saying Abraham was justified by faith. And then he says that all who have faith are of Abraham's seed, right? So in the church, we have something called replacement theology, especially in our bunch. People probably follow this again, not heretical, um, but it's this thought that the church replaces the nation of Israel. So all the promises of Israel now belong to the church. All the prophecies of Israel now belong to the church. And I don't think that's true because here's the deal. Whatever you think of the nation of Israel, whatever it was, whatever Mm -hmm. it is now, still not the point. When you take Paul's understanding that by faith, you're a child of Abraham and a child of God, this is where, this is good reformed theology here. You've only had one people ever and those are the people of faith. Like, so if you think about the Gentiles who were converted, they were part of Israel. Yes. By faith. Yes. And so that's why we sing at like vacation Bible school. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one yeah, of them. So are you. Song. Right. And so it's by faith. So there's always been just one church. You might have called yes. it something different back in the Old Testament, yeah. but there's just been one family and the defining family gene or characteristics isn't skin color, isn't hair, it isn't, you know, your profession. It's your profession of faith. See what I did there? (laughs) Yeah, I did. That was good. That was a good transition. So then by faith is what makes this one family of God from really Adam and Eve all the way to the end. All the way through. Faith in Yahweh, which is fully revealed in the covenant of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Replacement theology, I'll hook up some uh, some articles about it or ways to think about the church. But but as reformed, as a reformed church, especially Carmelo Presbyterian Church, especially if you read like Murrow's Covenant of Grace, it's always been just this one covenant. Yes. That, and that one covenant is Israel or the family. It's not that you had a nation of Israel. So so then when the Old Testament talks about a remnant, um uh Elijah, I think mm-hmm. God's like, hey, I've got a remnant of yeah. real Israelites here, as right. opposed to the nation. So it's not it's not necessarily the the nationality that you claim. It not is, in it this is, context. No, it is it is the it is the faith that you proclaim. It is the faith in Jesus Christ that makes us part of this this one family yeah. coming from the lineage of Abraham. You could almost think of it like this: the nation of Israel. And the church, you've probably heard John Calvin, I think maybe Augustine talked about the visible church or the invisible church. The visible church is everybody that shows up on Sundays. Mm. The invisible church are the believers that show up on Sundays. So you have like the nation of Israel, they're Israelites, but the invisible Israelites are the ones who circumcised to the heart. Yes. That's Israel. So anyway. Beautiful. And um, it's a it beautiful, is a beautiful cool little concept. I mean, yeah, it really is. I mean, if you if you really ponder on that for a while, the idea that this is our family, that and we're going to talk about this in a discussion question here in a second, but this is our family. This right. is our this is our spiritual ancestry. It yeah. is not our, it's maybe not be our, our physical ancestry, but this is our spiritual ancestry. This is the family from which we come. This fellowship, these believers, the ones that were obedient to God, no matter if it was hard or easy things that God asked them to do. It was, it was this, this is our family. This is our history. This is our ancestry. Yeah. And that's, that's important. Again, like I've brought this up before and people probably agree or disagree, whatever they do, I'm sure 
whatever you say, somebody's going to agree or disagree. Sure. I've never gotten fired up over national heritage stuff because truly what Ecclesiastes would say, that's all vanity. Like one yeah. generation comes, the next, you know, one generation goes, the next comes, who cares? Like yeah. statues, they're good for what they are, but unless they're like, uh, is it numbers? You know, what do these stones mean? Like mm -hmm. if they don't have that faith yeah. aspect, they're not going to last for eternity anyway. No. Like, and then, so like, I don't get fired up on political things or historical things like that. And I think I would invite everybody to take your, as Jesus says, the people who are of faith, the people who do the will of my father, these are my family. So our family history is really, is the Israelite story. Yeah. The struggles. And it is our past Christian brothers and sisters from Russia yes. or from, you know, Ukraine or South America. The, these are the family stories that. Th this is our family. Push yeah. us forward. Yes. So anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, which is a great segue for our discussion question. Yeah. Our discussion question for the section says, do you know your family's ancestry? Take time to share with a group knowing that each of us, no matter where our ancestors come from, are beloved children of God. I took um, an exception to that. Okay. Please, please do tell. I mean, technically, this will get me in trouble for saying that, but I've, I've struggled with this. I mean, like, you say no matter where our ancestors come from, true, they're beloved children of God in Jesus Christ. Like, right, so that's the check, or that's yeah. the thing. Again, that's where Jesus Christ says, who are my brothers and mother? Yes. And it's those who do the will of God and have faith, right? Or that's when Jesus or Paul says, not all Israel is Israel. Or um, anyway. Yeah. It, it's just, we say everyone is a child of God. I don't, I'm not comfortable saying that. I'm comfortable saying everybody is created in the image of God. Yeah but I'm not comfortable saying that everybody is a child of God. I mean, again, I don't know. That's between them and God, but that's true. No, I, I understand what you're saying because in order to be a, a child of God, you have to accept God as father. Right. So yeah. like, yeah, again, that's when like, uh, is it John the Baptist? Like God could raise up children of Abraham from these stones. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted, so I take exception to that particular okay. phrase. Okay. They might be beloved which, which, and they might sure. be in the image of God, but not necessarily be children of God. That's true. That is true. Let the so emails be begin. <laughs> and this is a great discussion question of uh, understanding our ancestry, both physical and spiritual. Yeah. This is a great conversation starter and, for, for your classroom. And I'm not going to say like our family histories make us who we are. No. Really? No, they do. I mean, they do in this sense, like sure. where my family came from, they brought over habits, traditions and cultures and all that. Good yes. But those change, those traditions change, you know, and I they think that's something that we need to think about too, is, is, um, and is some of those traditions, it's okay for them to die. Well, yeah, it is. And like, you know, you're, you are better off. Like one half yeah. of my ancestry was, you know, pretty well off. The other half was not, um, I think, I, I don't know, squirrel, but I think if, I don't know how it is after, after George W. Bush, it might be different, but like of all the, you know, the 40, whatever presidents that we've had, they've all come from like seven families, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Like I didn't it's realize like you that. Can trace them. Yeah. That's I mean, interesting. So like when you have, this is just, you know, your family yeah. does have a lot of influence, you know, yes, from past generations, that has a lot of influence on who you are today. That um, is really fascinating. Um, but anyway, but I, I think what we learn here is that our spiritual heritage yeah. is important. Yes. And maybe Trump's yes. the... Which, which is also why it's so important that, that parents bring their children to church, that you teach them about the scriptures, because this is where, this is where your children learn. This is, this is the spiritual ancestry that you're putting in place. And unfortunately you know? that, you know, all the crazy people in your church they're part of your family they're yeah whether they're you like them or not yeah <laughs> i i love to always tell when i when i was when i would do a sermon i would tell everybody at the church we're all family now we all have a crazy uncle bob and a crazy aunt sue who we're okay with seeing for five minutes 
once a year at Thanksgiving. Yeah. But they're still family. Yeah. And you still love them. And that's okay. And you learn that. And they become part of your story. You become part of their yeah. story. And that's how the Absolutely. church should be. That's that's exactly how the church should be. Everybody. We're all family. So let's learn from the scripture. I, I love the fact that he used Lion King. I didn't think Caleb was old enough to know Lion King. But I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> really? Caleb. I'm sorry. I don't mean to pick on you. Um, so we have this main character, Simba. Right? his his dad dies and he runs away and he hangs out with the timon and pumbaa the meerkat and the warthog and he doesn't want to remember who he is he is having fun living his life laid back chill but he's the rightful heir to the throne and he needs to remember who he is and he has the the monkey to tell him it's time to come back mufasa um time to come back and and lead so how does this how does this look like for our lives i mean how do we how do we learn from that okay so um i thought about this one of the yeah one of the things we did at the margaret hink church every baptism of christ sunday was have a service of remembering our baptism, right? Mm, And so when I read this, that's the first thing I thought of, was that we remember our baptismal vocation or our baptismal calling. Um, I've said before that our, and and I thought about this, I was wrong, I think, uh, on something. I said that our first vocation is to glorify God. Glorify God, enjoy him forever. And maybe that's true in the sense of actually our first vocation um is remember that we're children of god yeah like i just said earlier not everybody's a child of god but in baptism you that you know you're asked those questions and then um whatever baptism formula people use but most of the time it'll your first name or last name it'll be like chris Fleming, child of god i baptize you in the name of the father son of the holy spirit or something like that yeah and um, i think that's an important part and then the remember your baptism service you know, when people came up, I would always call them by their name, you know, Johnny Sue, child or Johnny, Johnny Sue, Peggy Sue, (laughs) child of God, you know, remember your baptism, right? Yeah. Uh, And so I think that's our vocation. And I think, so that was really good illustration. I'm glad I used that. When we remember who we are, then we remember what our responsibilities are. Yes, there you go. There you go. I I agree with that totally. I think that was the whole point of Rafiki, who is the monkey. Rafiki to to call Simba to remember who he is, um, to point out that you are the rightful heir to this throne, and it's your responsibility to come back and lead. And and it's important for us to remember that as a professing Christian and professing follower of Christ, that we are a part of this family and that we have, we like to forget this, but that we have responsibilities that God has called us to, that we are supposed to be taken care of within this family context. Yes. And we need to remember this, this is what god has called us to do these are the things that god has given us as our mission while we're here on this earth and we need to remember who we are which is called children of the king right um yeah i think that's right and and then by not doing what you're called to do it's actually rejecting your ancestry it's rejecting your family like when you escape your responsibility like simba or whichever one the lion was whatever like and the whole nation suffered Yes. Because he was not taking care of his responsibility. Of, of his call duty. Right. And so yeah. that's, I think, the church suffers when we reject our ancestry, when we reject who we are. So. Yeah. When we reject our call duty. Absolutely. So let's apply the scripture. That was, that was a great, Caleb, I just want you to know that that was a uh, excellent. Good job. Excellent thought process there with Simba. Love that. So let's apply the scripture and share some insights. What do you got? Um, so I'm glad that he brought up um, the old hen 
when we walk. Nah, I love that. Is um, I it took me a second, so I wanted to stop and think. Really, a lot of my favorite hymns are are these lead me. Like I might be the yeah. only human being still left that likes God me, oh thou great Jehovah. Um lead me, pre, pre, uh, lead me on, O King Eternal. That's another one I like. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. that yeah. being said, um, I I think I like the imagery of this, of the lead or step-by-step yeah. kind of thing. Or That's another one, uh, Rich Mullins. I'll probably put a link to it. One of my favorite songs from Rich Mullins. Very interesting guy. Um, step-by-step, I think is the name of the song. Uh, look it up, but step-by-step, he leads me and I will mm-hmm. follow you on it. Like, um, I, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I've, I've done a lot of ministry with addicts and various and sundry things, and I think it was alcohol. I've never been to Alcoholics Anonymous, but um, I think it was from Alcoholics Anonymous. One, one person told me, I can't quit drinking for the rest of my life. I just do it the next time. Yeah. Right? And so, like... One day at a time. Yeah, and I think faith is maybe that way. Like, I can't be a perfect Christian. I can just try sure. my very best the very next time. Um, and that's yes. all God's asked us to do, is to follow. He doesn't give us the whole thing, because maybe we can't, we can't you know, imagine. No. And so. I, I would agree with that. I think one of the things that I'm I'm learning on my spiritual walk here recently, um, and it goes right along with that, is is that every day I, I take time in the morning and surrender my, my day to God. Um, because I can't, if I, I have surrendered my life to God, yes. But then you get caught up with everything going on around you. Right. (laughs) Right. I give up everything, Lord, but what are you asking for specifically? (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) and, and you get caught up in just doing Um, and so, so part of my spiritual daily spiritual disciplines now that I'm incorporating is every morning as I am meditating and reading God's word and taking time to journal. One of the things that I, I go through in my mind is God today is yours. And I am, I am your servant today and help me to be the light to the world that you've asked me to be and help me to lead guide and direct those who you put in my path like for God. today, you know, and I have to, I have to just do. And I think that's important that we just remind ourselves every, every day. Um, just on a humorous mm. side, I had an elder that would end his prayers, lead God and direct us. And I thought lead is the same as God is the same as direct. You know, Wait. but it has more impact when you say it three times. It does okay. three times. <laughs> I get you. Um, Gee whiz. Gee the whiz. other thing, I mean, this answers our discussion question, really. The only other, yeah. the other thing that I would say um, would be in the story of Adam and Eve, Yeah. in the story, in every story from Adam and Eve up until Abraham, and even in Abraham, you're getting the... I hate to say it, kind of the Job theology of if you're obedient and do what God says, things go well for you. Sure. If you're not obedient, it doesn't go well for you. Right. Right. And so I think there's something we've got to say that. I mean, I, th- I think that, and I think that's part of, I think that's, it. we might say it's bad theology sometimes, but generally speaking, it's good theology. Yeah. Do, well, do what is right. Yeah. I think if you do what is right and you do what God has called you to, even if it's something difficult, even if it's something hard for you to do, the outcomes are better. Ultimately, maybe, maybe ultimately, not. hopefully are better, but, but also your mindset is, yeah, I think is you different, look- you know, because you are looking through the lens of God has called me to this. And I, I have, I have promised to be faithful to whatever it is that God has called me to. And even if this is hard, I know that God is with me. And you grow regardless of the outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the last paragraph there on page 18. Caleb says, remember today and every day 
that God calls you into a covenant relationship. And he says, your relationship with God will not always be easy and your path may not always be straight, but God will be faithful to you. Yep. Amen. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's what we got. That's what I got. I love it. So great discussion question that he ends with. Um, Teachers, if you want to take time to talk with your students about the hymn, Trust and Obey and what what's uh, challenging or compelling it is also one of my favorite hymns it's on the it's on my short list Fleming. it's on my short list. on the short list yeah yeah i have i have several favorite hymns but this is one of one of the Here, top here's a morbid one for you it's not fun. i challenge anybody who uses spotify to do this it's actually a cool exercise um i've thought about the hymns i call it so that you can search for this on spotify if you're a user Chris's death playlist. And this is the one that I want Amy to play. Like if people are coming to bring her like casseroles after I'm dead, but, and, and I say that because <laughs> like, it gave me time to think about the hymns that I love yeah. or the things that impacted me, songs that impacted me. And it's actually yeah. a pretty cool exercise. Um, yeah. And that's and, funny because my mother-in-law has the same thing. She has a YouTube playlist. She has a Chris's so. dead playlist. <laughs> she has a, she has her, these are my funeral songs. I want yeah. you to play, you know, I won't tell um, you what hers are because some of them are really interesting. Well, I have some weird ones too, but I guess yeah. the, the other thing was like probably the thing I bond the most over with at least two of my kids is music. And so yeah. like, and, and it's a weird time because like you don't have CDs anymore. So I want a playlist oh, out there. Yeah. So like I can share all the things that I thought were great with my kids that maybe, you know, I don't know. I thought it was kind of, anyway. Okay. Yeah, no, Off subject. Sorry. Okay. You're good. You're good. So remember, remember, we're going to bring it back remember that we have a beautiful family lineage and it is through our obedience to jesus christ and our faith in him and it was abraham's faith in god that got us going in the right direction so so that's all i got peace of christ be with you and also with you and we'll see you next week Bye, everyone.